0: It's almost that time of year again as we wind down 2019. We're starting to think about planning our best of 2019 episode and we want to feature your questions.
1: We'd love to hear your questions. If you have any, head to whatyoulearn.com forward slash question and you can ask us whatever you want. Go as wide or narrow as you like and look forward to hearing from you. That's whatyoulearn.com forward slash question.
2: Have you got a quick joke for us? Um, There's a funeral, uh, and the guy's dead, but everybody loved him. Uh, And his best friend comes up to the wife and says, look, I'm really sorry to hear. It's a very emotional thing. Um, We all loved him. He was such a good bloke. Look, I I just want to say one thing, um, if that's okay. And she says, sure, sure, I understand. And he says, plethora. And she says, that means a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one to start.
0: Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton.
1: And my name is Adam Jones. We just took the pilgrimage to see the great man, Dr. Doctor Carl.
0: Dr. Carl's got his brand new book, Dr. Carl's Random Road Trip Through Science. This episode was a bit of a random road trip as well. We took a few snippets from this book and went on a wild ride. And, mate, true to form, true to what happened the last two times we did this as well, you fuck something up. and uh, did fuck up this time? This time you forgot our... Uh, Headphone recording equipment. (laughs) The first thing Dr. Carl walked in, he said, "Uh, where's the headphones? And I'd say, Adam Jones forgot. Yeah. Three out of three. (laughs) Anyway,
1: we're good. It's a random road trip and his book's actually very, very innovative in true Dr. Carl fashion. If you download the augmented reality app and shine it over the book, it has a 3D augmented reality popping out of Dr. Carl Mm. rising through the ashes and starting (laughs) starting to talk to you. It's quite amazing stuff. So I do recommend going out there and getting the book and the augmented reality just for for that reason only. Time for the big, great man, Dr. Dr. Carl.
2: Okay, there's Rock Man. (laughs) All right.
0: well, Dr. Carl, thanks for having us again. This is actually our third uh, pilgrimage to see you. Oh, I'm and not worthy,
2: Dr. Adam, but thank you so much. You're <laughs> awfully kind.
0: You've got a brand new book, Dr. Carl's Random Road Trip Through Science.
2: Uh, it's a rather modest name, yes. <laughs>
0: it's, well, what's, uh, what's sort of guiding you? At the, the start of the book, we really enjoyed the ideas about curiosity, and that seems to be a big driving force for you.
2: Yeah, um, asking questions, trying to understand the universe. Why are things this way rather than that way? Why is the sky blue instead of green? Why do things fall down instead of at a diagonal or a crossways or up? Why this way rather than that way? That's always bothered me.
0: I like it. Well, we have uh, We want to talk about some of our favourite uh, random little bits of science throughout the book. Ah, And one that uh, it ties on to our first ever time we came and saw you almost exactly two years ago. Adam Jones here had uh, quit coffee Mm. and you said that wasn't the best idea. So he's back on coffee. Uh, But I saw in this book, I've converted to almond milk because I thought it was so healthy. Almonds are very nutritious and I thought it was very good
2: for me. But you said it's basically
0: just water.
2: Um, It is surprising. Uh, Almonds, on one hand, have got all sorts of good micronutrients and a few macronutrients like the fats and the proteins and the carbohydrate. And when they turn it... Into a milk m y l k which has got nothing to do with an animal, but uh, into a squashed up liquid, they lose most of the nutrients. Oh. What the heck is that all <laughs> about? Like so, so I wrote about this in my previous book, and then mentioned it here again. That almond milk has among the lowest of the nutritional contents of any milk. If you're going to go for any of these, you know, pseudo milk for various reasons, you know, um, environmental or health or cruelty or personal uh, idiosyncrasies avoid almond because it's the one that's closest to water <laughs> in the you know do it the fancy way i just do it the easy way which is just look at the side of the packet and you go across and you read and compare it to the other milks and you say it's got a bugger all protein it's got bugger all this it's got hardly anything in it it's basically just water with a bit of fairy dust
0: <laughs> what's dr carl's recommendation then instead of almond milk
2: i'd just go for full cream milk um Uh, although that does involve keeping the the cows in a state of lactation for a long time. And I can see the arguments against that. Uh, So if you get the calcium fortified ones, the soy ones are probably the best. Uh, Rice milk is pretty good too. Um, It's hard though when you become a vegetarian because the universe is out to get you. So if you become a vegetarian or a vegan, you'll eat more plant products. They in turn carry chemicals that suck the calcium away so they've got phytates and they've got oxalic acid which react with the calcium and make it less bioavailable so if you have if you're on a meat and three veg diet and you go across to um, full veg then you need to have more calcium because some of the calcium is made unavailable by the oxalic acid and the phytates I didn't know that.
1: That's fantastic. So illuminating. I feel like there probably is a few things in our diets that we think are really healthy for us but maybe not. There's one thing... I don't know what, it's got no basis for it, but I like mineral water. In my brain, I'm soaking up all these beautiful minerals that are um, solving everything, and soda water is not much So every now and then. I just think soda water is good for me as well. Is that a good assumption or is that, uh, is that just not
2: right? Um, mineral water has tiny, tiny amounts of micronutrients, which might be handy depending on your individual diet, but uh, in general, you can get away perfectly well with rain water, which has virtually no micronutrients in it uh soda water my only worry with soda water was was it too acid did it actually burn your teeth did it actually attack your teeth due to its acidity and the answer is no so soda water is perfectly fine and i do like the bubbles and i also like the extra burpee i get for it from fun but it's weird when you buy mineral water and you're paying more for the water than you do than for the same quantity of petrol how come they're charging more for water than they do for petrol? And then it comes in plastic bottles, used once to throw away. Yeah, you know, it's a complicated world. We're in an evolutionary transition now, and I think it's good to be aware of these things so that over time we can transition to something better.
1: Mm. And do you think that some of those mineral waters now, they've got the stamps of the carbon offsets and all that, is that is that uh, really a carbon offset,
2: do you think? When it's hard to tell. You can't mm-hmm. tell whether they're just making it up or not. And you've got to chase them down. There have been a few cases where people have been cheating, and other cases where people are doing the right thing. But with the global warming thing, it's very easy. We simply stop making carbon dioxide as a byproduct of getting our energy, or our produce, or our transport. And it's, we could do that ten year, within ten years of the whole world with electricity if we tried. Fifteen years for transport. You're going to have to do something to the jets uh, because the jets account for about two percent of world carbon dioxide emissions. We can change them across to hydrogen. The trouble there is that hydrogen has one-sixth of the energy density per volume of kerosene. Kerosene is jet fuel. So that means that uh, the standard fuel supply, that is using the wings of the plane to store your fuel, is not going to be big enough. You would need something like an Airbus 380 and you use one entire deck for fuel. And the other deck for passengers. That means you're carrying half the payload or paying load. But then, on the other hand, uh, everybody, including you and me, has been getting a free ride by treating the environment as a garbage dump and not paying for the damage that carbon dioxide does, which we should, or, or, or even reversing it. So, this is just part of the changes that we'll have to make. And then 20 to 30 years to go carbon dioxide free with regard to, and methane free with regard to agriculture and livestock. But we can do it. And, and we'll hopefully go down that change the sooner the better. There's nothing technical stopping us, just the political will.
0: We, we were um, recently in a, we're not really on Twitter too much, but we were recently in a Twitter discussion uh, around nuclear power. My only uh, current exposure to nuclear power is either nuclear weapons or Homer Simpson. Mm. Uh, so I know extremely, extremely little about it. But uh, what are some of the uh, pros and cons of nuclear power as an alternative
2: source um, of energy? I'm, I'm learning about it and uh, I've made a few assumptions. Apparently I was wrong and I'm still checking this up. I think I was when I assumed that the countries that have nuclear weapons started off with nuclear power reactors first. And in fact, it's not a pathway. I'm not sure, I'm still finding out, but it does seem that what nuclear reactors can do is burn the byproducts of making nuclear weapons. I'm not sure, but if it turns out, that nuclear weapons can be made more easily if you've already got a radioactive metals or nuclear power metal cycle in your country, then that, for me, is a big disadvantage. That's the main disadvantage. Um, Nuclear nuclear power reactors are also very wasteful at the moment. What's called nuclear waste still has 95% of the energy in it, or if you go to the thorium cycle, only 70%, that's better. And they are very safe. They can go bang, which has happened with Fukushima and Chernobyl. Mm. But if you look at the big picture, the numbers are way in favour of nuclear power over coal and fossil fuels which cause huge numbers of deaths every year Mm. uh, either directly or indirectly. So I'm still learning more about the nuclear weapons cycle and if it turns out that they're not a a pathway, an easy pathway to nuclear weapons, I'm kind of in favour of them but it takes so long. We could go um, in Australia and the world We could go totally renewable for all of our electricity within 10 years. If you start building nuclear reactors, if you you make the decision now, you're looking at 15 years before you get your first Mm. kilowatt hour of electricity out of them. Mm. And then you've got the problems of getting rid of the nuclear waste, which no country has successfully done yet. They're sort of storing it in 44-gallon drums on the edge of a river and when it rusts, they go, oh, my God, it rusted. How, who would think that would happen? Well,
0: that was going to be my next question. Was I've just seen on you know, The Simpsons, Mr Burns probably pours it down the river and makes three-eyed fish and stuff like that. What actually is the nuclear? What's the byproducts and what do... What's the, what do people do with it?
2: They just store it in increasingly larger volumes, and there's not that much of it, inside areas where you can't get to for the next couple of thousand years. The way to get rid of nuclear waste properly, where you can't use it, assuming you don't want to get the energy that's still inherently there, is to dig a hole in the ground 15 metres in, in diameter and a kilometre deep. One kilometre. That is hugely it's a big hole. expensive. Then when you get to the bottom, put out little radial tunnels in all directions, like the spokes of a bicycle wheel and fill it with the nuclear waste which has either 95 or 70 percent of the energy still in it concrete the last bit come up 10 meters concrete that and then repeat 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 until you get half a kilometer underground and then when you're half a kilometer from the surface fill it with a plug of concrete uh, half a kilometer high 15 meters in diameter uh, hugely expensive really safe hugely expensive nobody's nobody has yet come up with a a way of properly storing nuclear waste, they leave it till the next generation, the next political cycle. But that's the amount of area needed is not that much to sort of hive off for the next couple of thousand years, although we haven't done the proper thing for hiving it off for the next couple of thousand years. So we've been taking the short term. So, but certainly the deaths associated with nuclear power are much less than those with fossil fuels, and renewables will do everything we want anyway, rock solid.
1: Yeah. And that was a whole lot of concrete you were just talking about. And once we solve the energy problem, that's uh, around materials and using concrete. I think concrete's 8% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions.
2: And we can fix that too. But then we're running out of sand. So the world's tallest building, the Burj Khalif, was Mm. built out of Australian sand. Ah, Because it got the wrong sort of sand over there in the Middle East. It's sand in the desert. And if you think about the sand in the desert, it gets moved around. It gets pushed by the wind. And so you've got light pressure at high speed and that's exactly the right recipe for giving you really smooth, well-rounded sand grains, which are wrong (laughs) for construction. What you want is rough, bumpy ones, which (laughs) is what you get in the marine sand on the ocean floor where it's been ground up a bit but not too much. And when um, Dubai, when they built their Palm Island and all the other islands out of sand, they used up all their marine sand. So even they've got deserts full of stuff, it's not the right stuff for construction. So they had to build out of Australian sand. We are at risk of running out of sand for construction. So we've got to be more careful about the future. Yeah. That's gonna be a big deal.
1: Um, moving back to your book, one thing oh, I... my fine book was augmented reality in
2: full colour. Tell you oh, what, yeah.
1: that uh, that augmented reality thing, we've never seen it on any books. We're a podcast that reviews books and after seeing it I just think we're gonna see it in every book in the future. It just looks well, incredible.
2: It makes use for that. So in the case here you download the app modestly named Doctor Carl. <laughs> By the way, do you guys have a the Dr. Adam uh, app? We don't have an app. Oh, no. you don't have an app. app. <laughs> Shall oh, we get one? <laughs> you poor thing. I'm sorry. Fake humility. <laughs> Crocodile tears. Okay, so you, you go and download the Dr. Carl app, D R space KRL app from your Apple or Android, and you put it on your phone, and then you aim the phone at the cover page of the book or any of the title pages, and so you look at the one about how... In October 20, 31, Halloween 2015, the human race got wiped out by an asteroid. It was a big one, 600 metres in diameter. And if it had impacted the Earth, it would have killed between 10 and 70% of the human race. And then you can actually see the video. Now, it's not much of a video. It's not in full colour with astronauts climbing all over it and Bruce Willis. Basically, it's a sort of a grainy background with a whole bunch of white dots and one dot moves on four frames. Tick, tick, (laughs) tick, tick. tick. That's it. But it is the video that we have of the asteroid that nearly wiped us out. And you you can't really see that moving in a book. And I'll do another story about how... Uh, Earth has got two planets really close to it. They're Mars, further out, and Venus, closer in. Which one of those is the planet that spends most of the time over the last 50 years or the next 50 years closest to us? Neither. It's actually Mercury. And there's a really neat little app that we just loaded up last night. And so you aim your phone the page you can see the solar system planets moving around with a little straight line to whichever planet is closest and about half the time mercury is the closest planet and then finally my books are kind of like an encyclopedia if you read all 45 of them and it says oh and i talked about this in a previous book and instead of just saying in a previous book there's a link to the story so you get all these extra words and pictures for free Uh, so in this case it's actually useful because it gives you extra To use a wanky word, functionality, or you get extra words. Okay, how about that? (laughs) And also it's in full colour, so you can read the book without having to get the app. You can just read the book, and it's got uh, all these great pictures. So we're lucky enough to strike um, a Spanish artist who, she had a lot of the Salvador Dali surreal in her, and then a designer who just did... Completely wonderful, crazy stuff, which both makes sense and is incredibly artistic, so it's full color and you get the augmented reality go out and buy it now, but you don't have to you can still be my best friend even if you don't buy it fantastic well, it is
0: dr. Carl's random road trip, and we want to have a bit of a random road trip of our own to talk about a few of our favorite sections, yeah, lay it on me one uh big brother watching us, and we've willingly submitted to uh, being watched, I guess and being recorded and being listened to and can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. This guy's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I'm with you on Just that. I yeah. Okay, so
2: firstly, your phones and your various home assist devices, the Google, the Apple, the Amazon, they and your phone, they're all listening to you all the time. They are awake and the microphones active and they're listening for you to say "Hey Siri, Alexa, Google Assist." They're listening. We have proof of that. We know that are they recording? We have one bit of proof, one, but it was pretty conclusive. There was a death in Arkansas a couple of years ago. There were worries was it accidental, you know, people getting drunk, or was it uh, a murder? And it turned out in the house at that time, in a separate room of the house, there was an Amazon Echo device wow. that had been switched on, but it was not activated. It was not activated. Oh, it, oh, at no just, stage did anybody say, hey, Alexa, tell me this. Just yeah. listen. It had not been activated. It recorded what was happening in another room, and we know this because these are court documents. So we have proof that in at least one case two years ago in Arkansas, it recorded everything that was going on in that house. And we've heard cases in the media, and this is not quite the same degree of proof, that... People who listen to these recordings are distressed by having to listen to people having sex or arguments. So this is recordings played back. Then there's the anecdotes. And I've got a personal anecdote with two friends of mine. They've got a dog. The dog's old. It's going to die soon. They're going to put it down. Uh, It's old, but it's still alive. But it's got bad teeth. And it's $1,500 to fix the teeth. And they've had this discussion at home with each other in, over the dinner table with nobody else present, only their phones nearby, never searched for any information about this on the web. And two on the second day after doing it, they then went on to the web and they each got advertisements for dental care for, for dogs. <laughs> now now that, that, that's only an anecdote. And the yeah. Oh, no, we, we can support Well, I, I can <laughs> <support> <laughs> that. Yeah, but have you had similar anecdotes? Absolutely. Yeah, like what?
1: I don't have specific examples in my head, but some of them just get just too niche and too
0: bizarre and just the you get too ridiculous. The thing you get ads for that you speak about something, a day and a half later you get an
2: ad for it. They're recording oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so that's a, that's read the book, Surveillance Capitalism. It's a thick book, uh, a bit hard to read. It's sort of densely written, but the information is really good. The stage now is that the companies know more about us than Mm. the government. I'd rather that neither of them knew about us. With regard Mm. to manipulating the last American election, Cambridge Analytica were busted uh, and they were having 8,000 data points on each person. Now it's 18,000. Each of us in this room, we've we've got 18,000 data points where you wake up, where you sleep, where you go to have your coffee, where you're being tracked on your phone. I have discovered that certain of the chip packets that have got a bit of an alfoil on them, if you wash them out so you don't have the little grainy bits that will go into your phone, uh, some of them are really good at blocking (laughs) the internet access, the phone access act as a good Faraday cage. So what you do is just wash it out first so you don't get you know, crud coming into your phone and then put your phone in it and then try ringing your phone and if your phone doesn't register the phone call at all, you have found yourself a good portable Faraday cage. It's a little
0: bit like the tinfoil hats to stop the aliens reading our brain. (laughs) It turns out that in this
2: (laughs) case, you're getting a focusing effect where the radiation is higher inside the focus point of the tinfoil hat than not. So it actually increases the radiation in your skull, doesn't drop it down. But in this case, the Faraday cage does work with your phone um, and or ju- just work on the assumption that either the government or the companies are listening Ooh, yeah. and recording everything you say when your phone is on, but on the other hand. We've got this recording, which is actually doing it differently, <laughs> but that's for a specific purpose. Mm. But just every minute of every day, if your phone is on, work on the assumption that you're being recorded.
1: I think you could do. I wonder if you could do a peer-reviewed study without them knowing, and then just have people in a room talk about certain products or wants, and you know whatnot. One for we're in university, of New South Wales now. Maybe <laughs> one for the science department <laughs> here,
2: and then bust them. What do you think? Um, it'd be easy enough on. to do the study. All you've got to do is set it up properly and then talk about various artificial items, such as a Barbie doll or a new set of sheets or what sort of engine oil, and then make sure that nobody looks for this item on the web, just talk about it only in conversation, yes. and then write it down when they do this, and then write it down when the ads for it start popping up. Yes. So so you can't rely on your memory because it's really easy to insert a false memory into one quarter of people. So you've got to write it down. That's where it comes in. I think we've just kicked
1: it off then because you just mentioned a Barbie doll. There's going to be three devices around (laughs) here and uh, we'll
2: get back to you if we get any (laughs) Barbie (laughs) doll advertisements. We've got to talk about it for two days like my friends did Yes. with a dog who was both old and going to die soon but also in need of dental surgery. Mm. And on the third day, they started getting the ads for dental surgery for dogs. Mm. So you want to talk about something fairly specific. Yeah. In fact, I might want to use that one as the trigger and just have pairs of people doing it. It'd be yeah. an interesting study to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, let's go to another random uh, stop on this, on this random road trip. Uh, genetic mutations. Uh, I know, I've got a similar variation to you. Yeah, what's yours? I'm missing uh, one of my two teeth here. So I've only got five. It's probably tough to show for the podcast. Ah. See there?
2: The the incisors or the... Yeah, this uh, one on this side. Oh, the canines?
0: Uh, The canine I've got? Yeah. I Actually, when I was younger, they moved the canine and shaved it off to... It looks like like a lateral incisor. So I've only got five where there should be six, and I think you've only got Really? I've only got
2: two where I should have four. Mm. So I've got the central incisors on the upper jaw, but I don't have the lateral, and the same happened with my mother. That's giving both of us that really cute little gap between the teeth. But on the other hand, it doesn't mean it's easy. You don't get food in there as well. But it doesn't look that good in public. I'm cool with that. So we all have mutations. Um, And I was just reading up about Barbara McClintock, the first woman to win a Nobel Prize by herself for her work on jumping genes. And to my surprise, firstly, 80% of our DNA is viruses. I didn't know that. And secondly, uh, one in every 20 births has jumping genes, where, the vir- where your genes have just jumped from one part of the chromosome to another part or from one chromosome to another. And there, in its new location, it might have a better effect, a worse effect, or no effect. But one in every 20 babies is born with genes that have jumped wow, so mutations are happening all the time.
1: That's absolutely crazy, and it's necessary, right? For evolution, is that the whole thing that drives yes. evolution forward?
2: Well, what it means is that you've got an increased chance that the progeny, the babies, will survive changes in the environment. So, if they're all the same and the environment changes, they either they move or they die. But if they've got slight mutations, they can, with some of them, can withstand a hotter or colder, or a brighter or a darker environment, or have better hearing to get away from animals chasing them, whatever.
1: Have you uh, looked into much into the new technology CRISPR? Uh, I watched a documentary recently on it where you can basically design and change your genes in a certain way to just add certain features into your human body. So, you know. Well, a, that ties
2: into a story in my book here about elephants where elephants have a weight not of 70 kilograms or 700 but 7,000, meaning they've got 100 times the weight, they've got 100 times the cells And every time a cell divides, there's an increased chance of mutation. So if they've got 100 times as many cells, do they have 100 times as many cancers? No, they've got one quarter. Wow, what's going on? It turns out that there's a gene called GP53, which is also the name given to the protein called GP53. They both have the same name. And it's an anti-cancer gene, and we have one copy of it per DNA, whereas the elephants have got dozens, and it's thought that this gives them resistance. So using CRISPR... And interestingly, just last night, I was reading an article about how we can improve CRISPR, which is very cheap and very easy to use, but kind of like a blunderbuss, not all focused. You can't just sort of aim it down onto one bit of the DNA. It sort of does scatter like a shotgun everywhere and how we can improve it. And so the first change would be that you add extra cancer genes via a virus, anti-cancer genes rather, all the way through DNA. And the second thing, is in you and me, we snip out a bad gene. So uh, with regard to the disease called cystic fibrosis, um, if you're, like all three of us here, if you're whitish sort of coloured from Europe-ish kind of, you've got a 1 in 20 chance of carrying the gene for cystic fibrosis. But if you're from China, it's close to zero. And wouldn't it be good at the same time as we give the anti-cancer gene, we snip out the bad bit, of the uh, cystic fibrosis out of each of the 37 trillion cells in our body. Mm. That's where we're heading. So CRISPR's going to mutate, and there'll be better tools than CRISPR. And I see our ultimate shape is evolving us into a... This was described by Freeman Dyson, so I'm just simply plagiarising what he said. A cloud of iron vapour weighing 50 kilograms, the diameter of a planet floating oh, through space, navigating on magnetic fields. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah is that the uh that's the end point that's well
2: it's got certain advantages like the meat bag that we live in uh the meat popsicle as they call it in the fifth element uh has so many disadvantages like the hip joint i like it's a ball and soccer joint it's not nice. i wrote about this in the book mm. uh, but the and there's a nice picture and then there's the knee joint man it sucks if anybody designed that they should be fired mm. uh <laughs> between each femur and uh, the bones in the lower leg, the tibia and the fibula, uh, between at that joint, the knee joint, each knee joint has got what is kind of like two shallow soup bowls or very, sh- yeah, very shallow soup bowls or like saucers that are sitting on top of each other, and they're sliding backwards and forwards. And, mate, there's no inherent structural <laughs> integrity like a ball and socket <laughs> joint. It's bloody <laughs> held together by stupid gaffer tape at the left and the right and the front and the back and even some coming down the middle, including the terrible acl or in anterior cruciate ligament so if for example you're watching australia's most pop- popular sport which is afl, AFL.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're from melbourne <laughs> dr carl
2: wrong no, you, set,
0: you set us up with that one <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> one of the boo the patriarchy man
2: <laughs> what's your favorite no the australia's most watched sport cricket no cricket no. Tennis. tennis no yeah women's netball. Oh, you have yeah. not been enlightened, man. You is not yet woke, man. <laughs> Boo the patriarchy. So if you're watching the women's netball and yeah. somebody comes limping off, the commentator can say with a high degree of assurance, ah, it looks like another ACL. And everybody's heard about how dumb the ACL is because how dumb the knee joint is. And so therefore, they immediately say, ah, oh, the anterior cruciate ligament, a terrible thing. We're sorry, et etc." But the point is that our body has got so many problems in it and it doesn't matter because evolution doesn't have to be perfect, just good enough.
0: What are, uh, I enjoyed that chapter as well. What are some of the other big uh, big faults in human design or some well, easy fixes you reckon you a good example
2: made? is the MGF. If you're not familiar with that car, it has a boot and the boot has a drain uh, hole in it. And being British, the drain hole is not at the lowest point in the boot. Hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's the British being idiosyncratic it's about 10 centimetres from the bottom so you drive around with a little swimming pool in your boot before it begins to drain yeah right so um, <laughs> I think i you going with that in <laughs> the same way the drain point for some of your sinuses in your head is not at the lowest point it's at the top you don't <laughs> want the drain point at the top you want it at the bottom <laughs> come on God yeah. do a better job buddy. God <laughs> oh, come on you can do a better job so evolution is just good enough so if you're 24 years and 364 days old, you're pretty well bulletproof, and you can go out for the weekend and consume your own weight and drugs and take enough ice to stop the next ice, so <laughs> uh, the next global warming down. And then you uh, stay out for three weeks and you turn up the next Monday, and people say, saying, Oh, you're looking good, Adam. How's the weekend? Yeah, great. But if you're 25 weeks and one day, 25 years and one day old, you can stay up late to watch late line on ABC till half past nine, and they say. Man, what did you do last night? You look like crap. <laughs> so, uh, Doctor Carl,
0: I've got a confession to make. Actually, we did a, a stand-up comedy yeah. course for the uh, oh, for, the, for the podcast. We did. We read a book about comedy and then did a Excellent. stand-up comedy course. I actually stole some of that material for my for my routine good <laughs> that, was the, that was the only good part of his routine remember, as well. remember
2: don't let anybody's work evade your eyes so plagiarize ah uh, yes
1: I had, uh, I had one good gag I don't know how it's going to drop now but no I won't go Later. there <laughs> I go there no, yeah I'll, I don't know see how it goes um I've had a really tough week you know mm, I found out my oh. grandfather's got Alzheimer's I had a really tough week you know I found oh. out my grandfather <laughs> no, that was yeah. <laughs> Okay. I didn't like that one. It was an introductory <laughs> gag. And I don't think I, I did it properly,
2: but we'll move on from it was That it was, it wasn't bad, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a hint there. Okay, so I want you to say, um, so I, I want you to ask me a question. Yeah. The question is, what's the most important thing about telling a joke? Okay, go for it. What's the most important thing about telling a Timing. joke? Timing!
1: <laughs> 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 like that that's one. a good one, yeah. yeah, and relevant. I've stuffed up the time. Moving <laughs> road along.
0: Moving on. Moving road on. Um, That's a. I've, I've enjoyed this random road trip uh, so far. Uh, as as I mentioned, you know, we do a book each week, uh, and uh, I've got here actually what you the book recommendations you gave us the last two times we came to visit.
2: What were they? Let's see. The first
0: time we spoke about uh, space opera. Uh, the Better Angels of Our Nature. Yeah. Uh, beyond Piketty and Econo Babel. They were the four from the first time. Yeah. Now last year, uh, you gave us Merchants of Doubt, yeah. The Edge of Memory, yeah. The Attacking Ocean and Factfulness. Yeah. Factfulness we didn't read. That was a that was a great book as well.
2: Yeah, it was really easy to read and quite surprising. Mm. Uh so I'd my, my go for Beyond oh, for you being the conspiracy theory, surveillance capitalism. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The things that they're doing. They're naughty. (laughs) Uh, So uh, unfortunately, it's a very thick book and it'll take you a while to get through it, so I'll just give you one book this year only.
1: I've got a related question. How do you go about researching into these such random things? Like I wouldn't even know where the hell to start or even like know what question to ask before you dive into one of these new topics?
2: Well, uh, I read my way through the scientific literature, and I find weird stuff, and I think, wow, that's weird, and I try and develop it up, and sometimes the story grows into something good, so it's got its own life, and sometimes it doesn't, and about one third of the time, I get it from commercial radio stations ringing me up with questions. Ah, which of course. I used to foolishly, arrogantly, in fact, think, oh, that's pretty crappy, but then it has got depth and it attracts the human brain and the interest so there was one story somebody reading about what's it was about people being disgusted by holes you know trypophobia it's called because i think nokia had come out with a new phone that had not just one camera on the back or two but seven holes on the back <laughs> and then they said oh there's this disease called trypophobia and i thought oh this is a lot of crap and i started reading about it and i realized they were right and I was wrong. Do you guys ever have trypophobia where you get the feeling of disquiet or unease? You see a whole bunch of little holes together?
0: I saw that photo in the book and it... It, didn't look, it wasn't enjoyable to look at, but it was nowhere near the trypophobia levels.
2: Right. Um, when I give lectures, I ask for show of hands, and roughly maybe 1% to 2% of the people have a real disquiet and have to close their eyes and look away, and there's an evolutionary advantage to it, which is that if you look at all of the deaths that happened on Earth, between 1000 AD and 2000 AD, roughly half are caused by smallpox, and they've got all these little pox or marks, holes on their skin, marks. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a kind person like me, you come up and say, oh, what happened to you, you poor thing? Next thing, you're dead from smallpox. <laughs> Whereas a person who gets disgusted goes, I'm getting out of here, and they don't get infected and they live. Yeah. So it has an evolution. And I got that from some radio station ringing up about it, and I thought... That was not such a great idea. And I thought, I was wrong. They were right. So everybody's got something good in them. Absolutely. Well, thank you so
1: much, Dr. Carl. If people oh. want to find out more about your book, they can obviously go and download the app we're, we're speaking about. It's the, the books in all good bookstores. i see all your books.
2: Even those in, with moral, uh, questionable moral values, even <laughs> besides the good ones as well. Yeah, good <laughs> ones, bad ones.
0: And where, where else can people find uh, more Dr. Carl?
2: Uh, just go to drcarl.com. Uh, putting up more stuff all the time and hopefully I'll try and get up all of my Antarctic slides and videos because I'm going down for the fifth time uh, in a little while. Yeah. And so I've got to get all my footage and pictures up there so people can just enjoy them and take them and pass them off as their own. Mm. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Dr. Adam and Dr. Adam. Thank you so much.